the other one fell down. Good to go. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Was salatu was salamu ala abdillahi wa rasulih Nabiyina wa habibina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man ittaba'ahum bi ihsanin ila yawmiddin What are we on to now? Where are we up to? What are we doing? Yes, Sima. How to pray. Very good. Let me ask you some general knowledge questions about the prayer, first of all. Just really simple, simple things. Who has to pray? Who has to pray? You want to go for it? Go. Anyone can answer. Don't worry. No one is on the camera. I mean, there's a lot of people watching you on YouTube, but nobody can see you. They can only see me. Okay? Or maybe there's not a lot of people because we didn't schedule the class. Never mind. What do you think? Yes, Rahma. Sorry? I can't hear you. You have to speak louder. Everyone. Okay. So what do you think if there's a church down the road and Pastor Paul stands one day facing the Qibla and he says, Allahu Akbar. Do you think it will be accepted from him? No. no. He does have to pray, you're right. But he's not praying. Because he has to, what does he have to bring first? What do you have to bring before you pray? You have to bring something first. Islam. Yeah? Now that's really interesting because you're right, Rahmah. He does have to pray. Everyone has to pray. Because Allah required from everyone to pray. But those non-Muslims, they can't pray until they Accept Islam first. So yes, they have to pray. It's like me saying to you, you have to do, let's say, I don't know, how can I explain? You have to do this exam, but to do this exam, you have to pass another exam first. Does that make sense? Maybe? You're not looking very convinced. Okay, never mind. So we said that a person, yes, everyone is required to pray, everybody has to pray, but it's only accepted from the Muslim. And the Muslim who is required, who needs to follow the laws of Islam. Which kind of Muslim doesn't follow the laws of Islam? That's a really hard question. What kind of Muslim, and I'm not talking about a bad Muslim, I mean like what kind of Muslim is not blamed if they don't pray? Ooh, that, I'll say that again. What kind of Muslim is not blamed? They don't get any sin if they don't pray. Okay, the person who's not sane, they're not, they don't know what they're doing. So they don't, ha they don't have any understanding what they're doing. What did you have one, Rahma? No, even someone who doesn't know how to, how to pray, they have to pray, but they pray with what they know. So if they don't know Fatiha, they don't have to read Fatiha, but they have to still pray. What about age-wise? Oh, everyone's got their hand up now. Did you have your hand up? No? Okay, never mind. We'll ask Anas. Anas had his hand up for a while. Okay, that's really interesting. So there are really th people's age in terms of maturity. What you said is people are not mature. 
So there's really three ages. There are babies and there are children who are old enough to know what they're doing. And then there are adults. Would you agree with me? Adults doesn't matter whether they're old or young. There are really three ages. There are babies. You know, like the little boy who comes in the prayer sometimes and, you know, he prays a little bit and then he runs off behind the stuff and he runs up and down and then he takes hold of my microphone and he says things on the microphone. He's too little. He's too little to know what he's doing, to know what he's, he's praying. So he would be classed as a baby or a, or a toddler, a very little baby, a very little child. Then there is a child who knows what they're doing. What age do people know what they're doing? I'm 30-something. What am I? How old am I, Aisha? I'm 37, 36. Let's say 30. Let's pretend it's 36. Something like that. And I don't even know that I know, completely know what I'm doing all the time. Yes, Seema, what do you think? Okay, seven. That's a good age. I agree with you that by seven, definitely they know what they're doing. But I think it could be younger. Yes. Six. Yes, I agree. You could get some people at six who, who they do understand what they're doing. I agree. What do you think? I agree eight definitely, but I think young, I think seven is the, is the end. Meaning that if you reach seven, you definitely know what you're doing. What do you think? Five. I agree with you. Some people at five. Mostly, are we agreed that most three-year-olds don't know what they're, don't really know, like, what they what they do. You could get a really genius, intelligent, super <laughs> brainy three-year-old who really knows what they're doing. But generally speaking, you're looking at between five and seven roughly speaking, where, pe where the children start to understand what am I doing? I'm praying. I'm not allowed to run up and down the soft. I'm not allowed to turn around and jump up and down and whatever. And then I'm, you know, they are usually between five and seven. If you see someone who's seven years old, who's running up and down the soft, that person needs to be explained to them gently about the salah. And if gently doesn't work, they need to have all their sweets taken off them and they need to have a, a, some discipline or something like that. Because by seven years old, you really should understand what you're doing in the prayer. If you reach seven years old and you don't know what you're doing, really, you're too old to be messing around in the prayer. That's why if I saw a little boy running up and down the prayer, up and down the stuff, you know, like being silly and shouting out and jumping up and down, I would just say to him, Habibi, how old are you? And if he says to me, look, I'm, you know, three or four or five, or his dad says he's four, no problem. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to be too harsh. I'm going to say, no problem, inshallah. Try to stay still if you can. Because we still don't want to let them mess around. But we say, you know, try to stay still if you can. But if he is, says to me, I'm eight years old, I'm going to say to him, come here. By the ear like that. By the little bottom of the ear. Come here. You're too old to be doing that. Okay, good. So we understood. We understood that. So we said that children who are not adults but are old enough to know what they're doing, is their prayer accepted? All of you are in that age. Every single one of you in this class is in that age and you don't know if your prayer is accepted or not. Do you think your prayers are accepted? What do you think? Do you think your prayers are accepted? Inshallah. Okay, yeah. Your prayers are? 
accept it. Are you sinful if you don't pray? This is a hard question. Are you going to get blamed by Allah? Is Allah going to punish you if you don't pray? This is a difficult question. It's not an easy answer to answer. It's not really a yes or no answer. But there is, I mean, we'll start, we'll ask you. Go on. Good, I agree with you. That's the right answer to start with. But we need to explain the answer. Otherwise, people might think, oh, well, I'm not going to pray now. So what we would say is, Allah will not punish you if you don't pray before the age of becoming an adult. People become adults at different ages. It's not 18. Do you know what the age is that unanimously the scholars agree that you become an adult at? Or not unanimously, but roughly. What do you think, Yusuf? No, it's not. I said it's not 18, Habibi. Listen, listen to me. I said it's not 18. 15. 15 is the age. Is 15 the only age? No. There are people, 15 is the last age that you become an adult. Actually, you could become an adult at 12. You could become an adult as young as 9, very rarely. You could become an adult at 13. You could become an adult at 14. But if you reach 15, Hijri, nobody is, we don't do these birthdays and we don't do January, February, March in here. This is Islamic class, yeah? There is no January, February, March, April, May, June, July, yeah? Islamic months, the ones on the top there, on the wall, yeah? Muharram, Safar, Rabi al-Awwal, Rabi al-Akhir, and so on, yeah? Those are, when you turn 15, you're an adult. Even if you haven't become an adult. So people become an adult through different things, and we learn those later on. But once you become an adult and you miss a prayer, you become sinful. In fact, you might even leave Islam. It's very serious. So why then is it important for children to pray? Why did the Prophet ﷺ say, tell them to pray from seven and discipline them? They get, they get punishment if they don't pray at 10 years old. Why do you think? Because so, so like, so like if they do something bad, like, like do, like run around, that will be un, that will be unrespectful. That's true, but why? You're you're very you're very right about what you said. But I'm I'm wondering here, why did the Prophet say, tell them to pray at seven? So when your child reaches seven, you have to say, Fajr, get up. Dhuhr, come on. Asr, come on. Maghrib, Maghrib time. Isha, come on. You have to say that to your child at seven. At ten years old, if they say no, you give them a punishment. According to what's allowed. Back in the day, you would get a tap on the hand. These days it might not be allowed. I don't know, is it allowed for parents to give their kids a tap on the hand? Probably now they throw you in prison for 10 years and throw away the key now. But whatever is allowed, you have to discipline your children. You're grounded. You get no dinner, no sweets. You get, yeah, punishments if you don't from, from 10 years old. Why? What's the reason for it? Yes, Sima. To teach them. Because if you don't learn the habit to pray now, are you going to start praying at 15? The first day you become 15, khalas, you're going to go from zero prayers to five prayers in one day. 
There's a very big chance if you don't start praying at your age now, what's going to happen is you won't be able to pray when you become an adult. And then you might even leave the religion of Islam completely. Would you, does that make sense? Does that make sense to you? Yeah? That if you don't pray now on time, are you going to start praying on time when you're 15? Not really. It's going to be very hard. But what's the good thing about now? It's you've got time to learn. If you make a mistake, Allah's not going to put you in Jahannam forever because you made a mistake at your age. Does that make sense? Like at your age now, Allah's not going to put you in Jahannam forever because you made a mistake. But when you become an adult, things are serious. You might stop praying and khalas, that's it. فَخَلَفَ مِن بَعْدِهِمْ خَلْفٌ أَضَاعُوا الصَّلَاةَ وَاتَّبَعُوا الشَّهَوَاتِ فَسَوْفَ يَلْقَوْنَ غَيَّةِ there came after them a people, they stopped praying and they followed what they wished for, what they liked and Allah put them into Jahannam forever because they didn't pray. What put you into the fire? They said we weren't from the people who used to pray. So it's a very serious thing for someone to leave the prayer. So for you guys now, it's your time to learn. Can I just get an idea of ages? Can you put your hand up if you are five years old? Six years old? Seven years old? Okay, you guys who've got your hand up at seven, your mums and dads should be saying to you for every prayer, come on, come on. Even if you fast asleep, come on, come on. Yeah, come and pray. Eight? Okay. You are eight? Wallah. Okay. Nine. Okay. And ten. And above ten. None of you got. How, how old are you two? <laughs> Twelve. Okay. Twelve. So you guys are very close to becoming adults. You're not far away. Very close to becoming adults. So it's very serious for you guys now. Those who are above 10 years old, you miss a prayer, ooh, problems coming. Problems happening. That's what the Prophet wasallam taught us. Okay. We're now going to talk about how to pray. So I'm actually going to split this class up into different parts. But today's class, we're just going to go through the basics of how to pray. And I might ask the cameraman, if possible, sometimes I might want you to adjust the camera while I show people. Because the Prophet used to show people how to pray on the mimbar. He didn't used to just describe how to pray. He used to show you how to pray on the mimbar. Now, I'm not, I've got a lot of microphones and things attached, so I'm not going to stand up if I can help it. But if I need to, I will. Okay, so you can just sit right there, it'll be fine, inshallah, okay? Alright, to start the prayer now, we've got our wudu, we have the right clothes on, we're facing the qibla, we had a big, a lot of fun last week finding the qibla. Allahumma some of you are praying to Jerusalem, some of you are praying to New York, some of you are praying all over the place. We didn't know where we were. Okay, we got a good, though. now we, we know the qibla is... This way, right? Behind me. I'm sitting, my back is facing the Qibla. You guys, your faces are facing, well, most of you. 
Those who are sitting straight, your faces are facing the Qibla. The Qibla is this way. Okay. You're facing the Qibla. What's the first thing that you need to do? Ooh. Yes. We did already wudu, finish. We did that in last class. But you weren't here. But we did it in the last class. We did how to make ablution, everything. Okay? Mm. Danny. Intention. I like that. The first thing you need to do is intention. So is it true that you're going to stand there and you're going to say, Allahumma inni sawfa usalli arba'a raka'atin muttajihan lil qibla sa'ilan biha. Did anyone ever do that? No? Do we think it might not be the right thing to do then? No, it's not the right thing to do. The right thing to do for intention, what is it? How would you say if someone asked you to explain what's intention? You got an answer? No, you don't say it quietly. That's just the same. That's just the same. No, no, no. Wallah, I tell you funny, you want a funny story about this. It's not a funny story because Wallah is serious. That I once saw someone, as subhanallah, they missed raka'at of the prayer making their intention. They came to Medina and you smile about it, but it's not, I mean, for them it's not funny, but it was funny to watch in a way. They came to the Masjid of Nabawi. I was in Medina and we saw. They came in front of, you know the rows in Medina don't, it's not always, it, you can sometimes, someone comes late and they squeeze in a gap in front of you. And he came and he stood and he went like this. And you know when they do their intention, they sometimes put their fingers on their ears as well. I have no idea why, maybe it's to check I'm not wearing earrings or something, I'm not sure, yeah? But this is not from Islam, I don't know where they got this from. Yeah, uh, uh, and he started, oh Allah, I'm going to pray for, No. Oh Allah, oh Allah, I'm gonna. No. Oh Allah, the Imam said, Allahu Akbar. Then that threw him off. He stopped. He stopped. He got himself ready again. He remembered his intention. Oh Allah, Sami Allahu Liman Hamid. Okay, now he got. I don't know how many raka'at of the prayer he missed. Until he got his intention right. And he started the prayer. And all of this is bid'ah. Ma anzal Allahu biha min sultan. It's not from our religion of Islam. They took it from somewhere else. There is no touching of the ears. In there. I can't think of any situation in Islam where it is necessary for you to put your thumbs on your ears. Except when you're cleaning the back of them in wudu. I don't know of any situation where you need to hold on to the bottom of your ears in Islam. Wallah. I can't think of one. Okay? So... There is no intention in your heart. So, I mean, in your, like, quietly. How, what is intention? Yes, Aisha. What do you mean in your heart? You know what you're doing. In other words, I'm standing here, facing the Qibla. Why am I here? If someone stopped you and said, Ya Muhammad Tim, what are you doing? I said, I'm standing because I'm going to pray, and I'm going to pray dhuhr, and I'm going to pray four raka'at, and that's what I'm doing. You know what you're doing. Because you know what you're doing, that's your intention. Intention just means to know what you are doing. What about someone who just came in, you know, a little bit thinking about other things, and he's standing there thinking, wow, everyone's quiet at the moment. He's thinking, wow, they're all quiet in here. I stand quietly. What are they doing? 
Yeah, you have to know what you're doing before you pray. And that could happen sometimes with, with a non-Muslim who comes to join the prayer or something like that, or a new Muslim. It could happen sometimes. But generally, you have to know what you're doing. Why are you standing here? I'm standing here to pray. Okay? That's why you're here. So you know that. Okay, good. You've got your intention. What's the next thing? We've alluded to it quite a few times. We mentioned it. Start praying. Okay. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. That's not the right answer. I'm just reciting. Before Allahu Akbar. You're right about Allahu Akbar. Before Allahu Akbar. Time is gone. Time went last lesson. Khalas, time is finished. Well, time is fine. Yeah, time. I mentioned it so many times. Already in this class, I've said the word maybe 10 times. I think I'm going to break something if I do this, but I'll try. Stand. Okay? Because to pray, you have to stand. Stop. What are the rules of standing in the prayer? To pray, you have to stand. But what are the, when do you stand? Always? Or sometimes you can sit? Or when can you sit? How much can you sit? Yes, Ima. That's true. A very good answer. What she said is, she said that sometimes people who are very old sit on a chair. So what we're going to actually explain that a little bit more, sort of uh, in more detail, we're going to say that if you're not able to stand, you can sit for the parts that you're not able to stand. Do you need to sit on a chair? No, you don't need to sit on a chair. Uh, generally speaking, they didn't have a lot of chairs in the time of the Prophet wasallam. Some of the kings and people like that, but generally speaking, they, they sat, if they wanted to sit, they would sit on the floor. But when do you sit? When you can't stand. What about if you can stand a little bit, but you can't stand all the prayer? Like if you've got a bad back and it's going to hurt you a little bit to stand, but you can stand, you, you're just struggling with the, with the sujood maybe. Stand for what you can. Everyone watching us on YouTube, you have to listen to this. Really important because biggest mistake we see from people who are praying on a chair, they don't stand when they can. And that's why the ulama, they say, min shurut as-salat, from the conditions of the prayer, during the prayer, from the things that are, uh, from the essential elements of the prayer, is that you stand ma'al qudrah. As much as you are able to stand, you stand. So if you're able to stand the qiyam, but you can't do the sujood, okay, stand for that and sit for the sujood. But if you do have to sit one time, how do you do bowing and how do you do sajda? We see some weird things. I see some people doing sajda in the air. <laughs> yeah, this, some of the ulama, they said it's also not allowed in Islam. Yeah, it's not like that. How do you do it? You have to make your sujood lower than your ruku'ah. So when you do your bowing, you go a little bit. And when you do sujood, you go more. That's it. 
That's it. You don't need to put your head on the ground like some kind of like twisting over like that. And you don't need to, you know, make sajda in the air or anything like that. You just need to make your head a little bit down. And then when you're doing the sajda, make it down a lot. We'll come to that later. Okay. We spoke about that. What other reason might you have for sitting down in the prayer? Sorry? We mentioned, Seema mentioned all people, elderly, unwell, sick, all of that mentioned. Yeah, all of those we mentioned. All of those we mentioned. Disabled, you know, uh, can't stand pain, illness, sickness, old age. We mentioned all of them. <laughs> Don't give silly answers, otherwise I'll time you out. I'll give you a time out. What about when you can't stand because of something that stops you? I mean, you're healthy, you're well, but there's something that stops you from standing. Have you ever had that happen to you before? It's happened to me a lot of times. Something stopped me from standing up. Do any idea what that thing might be? Come on, kids, you've seen plenty of times. Sorry? Are you really going to have to shout? Otherwise, I'm going to give you the microphone and I'm going to talk with my normal voice. I still didn't hear. Your friend can shout it up here. Huh? Okay, yeah, a test from Allah. Yeah, that's true. But I'm, I'm telling you about something different, something much more normal. I'm feeling great. I'm fully awake. I'm not sick at all. But something is stopping me from standing up. No. Nope. How about an aeroplane seatbelt when the signs are switched on? Yeah. You're on a plane. You're not allowed to take your seatbelt off. There's no space to pray. The time for prayer comes. The plane's not going to land until you finish praying. There's nowhere to pray in the aisle. They won't let you. You try to pray in the, in the kitchen. They won't let you pray there. I mean, the plane in the galley. They don't call it a kitchen. They call it a, they call it a galley, right? The galley or whatever, you can't pray there. So you have to pray in your seat because you aren't able to stand up. What about sunnah prayers? Do you have to stand in your sunnah prayers? How many times you guys in Ramadan, you two in Ramadan... Plonk yourself down and you don't know that you can sit in the... Okay, so in the sunnah prayers that are not the five prayers, not fajr, not duhr, not asr, not maghrib, not isha, sunnah prayers, you can sit. But when you sit, what happens? You get half the reward. Okay? That makes sense? So you can sit in your sunnah prayers, but you get half the reward. So if someone said to you, can you pray in the car on the way to school? What would the answer be? What do you think, Alicia? No. No for the fard prayer. The, the fajr and things like that, you can't pray in the car on the way to school. Why? Because you have to stand. Someone says, well, I can't stand because I've got a seatbelt. Yeah, but you can stop the car and you can get out and you can pray. 
So there's no, I mean, you can't stop the plane and get out in midair and pray, right? Yeah, without a parachute. Maybe with a parachute. You might find it hard to face the Qibla, but that's another story. Okay, we've covered that. So now we said, but what about the Sunnah prayer? What about if you wanted to pray duha on the way to school? Like a Sunnah prayer. Can you pray that in the car sitting down? Go on, Yusuf, tell me. Yeah. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You should try to face the Qibla in the beginning. But if you can't face the Qibla uh, all the way, like if you, start, if you start turning left and right and you can't face the Qibla all the way, that's also okay in the Sunnah prayer, but not in the Fard. Okay. Very good. We've stood up. We're facing the Qibla. We are ready to pray. We have our intention. Now, Alicia, what do we do? You told me already, that's why I'm asking. Huh? We say Allahu Akbar. Now, when we say Allahu Akbar, there is a, a, a movement that we do. There's a hand movement that we do. And it doesn't involve touching the earlobes. <laughs> I don't know what it is about the earlobes for people. <laughs> Wallah, you hear some weird things I heard some people say before That the reason you raise your hands Is to, because the Sahaba used to carry Idols under their armpits And they would make them drop that. There people have some strange ideas about Islam Very strange ideas Okay This class is not as serious as I was intending it to be In the beginning Right So where do you raise your hands to? Ooh, okay Shoulders. Okay, anyone else got a different answer? Shoulders. Okay, that's not a different answer though. <laughs> shh, 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 stop it, otherwise I give you time up. Sorry? To your ears, correct also. Very good. Oh, so I gave two correct answers to your shoulders and to your ears. And actually, you can actually do anywhere in that range. Because some of the hadith mention level with the earlobes, not touching the earlobes, level with them. Okay? Level with them. And some mention level with the shoulders. Okay? Level with the earlobes, level with the shoulders. Okay? Oh, and, and some of the scholars, do you know what they said? They said they're both the same thing. How are they both the same thing? Because if the bottom of your hand is level with your shoulder, the top of your hand is level with your earlobes. So, like that. How should your fingers be? No? No. Okay? Fingers just natural. Yeah? They don't have to be like closed. Just natural, okay? Okay. Are we okay for seeing this on the camera? Okay, like that. Okay, and your palms should be facing the qibla. So it's not like this. And yes, you will see some people sometimes. I've seen people doing that. I've seen people after, before ruku, I've seen people go like this. Yeah, all sorts of things you'll see people don't know how to pray. How wide should your arms be apart? We see, wallah, if you see you kids praying, it's very strange. So 
Sometimes I see you like this. Sometimes I, don't, I didn't see anyone do this, okay? Shoulder width, okay? Allahu Akbar. Which is more important? Serious question. Which is more important? Moving your hands or saying Allahu Akbar? That's a tough question, isn't it? No? Yes, Alicia. Saying Allahu Akbar is more important. That's true. Allahu Akbar. Okay. My hands are here. Now where do my hands go? Okay. My left hand. Does everyone know the difference between left and right? Okay. You do realize when you look at me, it's going to look opposite. Yeah? Because for me, my, this is my left and this is my right. Okay? I don't have a watch, otherwise I would... But my, this is my left hand. Yeah, really, it just looks backwards in the camera. And my left hand goes on my chest. It doesn't go on my stomach. No, but that's, that's... Some of the scholars say, you can't laugh at that. Some of the scholars said it. But it doesn't go on my stomach. And it doesn't go by my sides. No, no, that's not to laugh at. Some people you'll see genuinely. Some brothers you'll see in the masjid pray like that. They pray with their hands by their sides. Some people pray like they're cradling a baby. Okay. No, no, really. No, they do. They pray like that. Where should your left hand be? On your chest. Where should your right hand be? On top of your left hand. You've got some options here. Okay. You can just put your right hand on top of your left. Okay? Putting it like this. You see, I'm not holding anything. I'm not grabbing anything. I've just got my left hand here. It's my left hand here. And I got my right hand here. Okay? Or you can hold on to your wrist if you would like. So this is my left wrist. My right hand. Like this. Just holding on to it. No, it doesn't have to be like, I'm not... You know, yeah. Okay, and if you want to, you can place them on the front of your arms. Not really all the way, like just on the front, on on the front part of your arms, if you want to. So, what was our three options? Everyone, show me so I can see you know what you're doing. Left hand here, right hand. Your hands are very low. Put your hands higher. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Put your hands. You guys know your chest, chest, on your chest. Yeah, don't, don't put your hands too low on your chest, okay? Left hand, right hand, or you can hold your hand like that, or you can put your hand on your arm. Okay. Now, where am I looking? Where are my eyes looking? At the ground, excellent. My eyes need to be looking at the place where my forehead is going to touch the ground. Where my forehead is going to touch the ground, that's where my eyes are looking. Mostly for you kids, it is a problem. Admit, it's a problem. Yeah, a lot of kids we see... We do. And you guys are laughing, but you know it's true. Yeah, I come in sometimes if I'm late for, for before, after the Imam Metekbi, I see the girls praying at the back. 
and uh, some of the boys praying and to be honest yeah it's not easy but it's not easy for adults either it's not just kids even subhanallah i find myself sometimes your eyes get distracted by something you're praying and you just see something and you your eyes get distracted so you have to really concentrate and not just your head concentrate on your eyes not try not to make your eyes you know the problem is what what's the problem we have a lot of interesting things on the floor that's why, inshallah, the masjid's carpet's going to get replaced. We're going to have a plain carpet with nothing because everything distracts you, right? You're looking like patterns. Do you not know that? You know the Prophet, he was distracted by patterns one time when he was praying, and the thing that had the patterns on, he took it and he gave it to somebody else because it was distracting. He didn't want anything that would distract him from his prayer. So all these prayer mats with pictures of the Kaaba on, Wallah, my advice is don't use it. Wallah, don't use it. Try to have nothing. In fact, I prefer to keep a prayer mat that is completely plain, like completely black or blue or red, totally plain, and just put it on the carpet so I don't even get distracted by the design on the carpet. But inshallah, in the masjid, we're going to change this carpet in a few more weeks' time. And we're going to go for a plain, plain carpet, inshallah. Because we don't want to, people to get distracted in their salah. Come on, girls, you have to pay attention. Okay. You try to keep your eyes, you try. Now, what helps to keep your eyes and your hands and your body still? It's a really difficult question. What helps to keep your eyes and your hand, your body still? What stops you from moving around and shuffling on your feet? You think that's bad? I've seen kids in the saf. No, no, not the guy who picked up his phone. That was the adult, first of all. I've seen kids in the saf, and you guys know it's true, yeah? In the saf, yeah? Kick somebody. Take two steps to the right, kick their brother really hard in the back of the leg, and then run back in the saf. I've seen it, wallahi, more than once. I've seen there was two kids when they used to pray. They used to pray in, was in either here or in Masjid Tawheed. They used to pray. And when one of them is praying and the other one's not looking, he slaps his brother really hard on the back. Like, he has no prayer. His prayer is not accepted. Wallah, not accepted. Wallah, raka'ah. Not raka'ah from it yet. So what helps you to stop doing that in the salah? Go on, Anas. You haven't answered. Focused. Okay, what does it... What does it mean? What, what can, how can we help people? If you're going to help your friend, you saw your friend in the salah like hitting his brother or just like rocking back and forth, rocking back and forward and back and forward or side to side or get... What, can, what would you say to him to help him to be focused? What can help you to be focused in your salah? Yeah, not having distraction for your eyes. I agree with that. Very good. Concentrate on what you're saying. You're talking to Allah. Really, you're actually asking Allah for things. Yeah? And everything good that could ever happen in your life, who does it come from? From Allah, right? You're asking Allah for things. So you don't want to be thinking about, forget about everything you think. Make your heart. Also, you know what helps? Don't run to the salah. Have you ever run to catch the salah? And then how do you feel when you ran up the stairs? 
<laughs> and you can't finish Fatiha even without you've got no breath. And even if you've got your breath, your mind is racing. Your mind is like everywhere. Go slowly. Go slowly and go nicely, calmly to the prayer. Don't rush. When the prayer finishes, don't get up and run away like after one second. Because also your mind just starts going. You know, you're making tashahud, you're sitting down and you're making the tashahud, but your mind is thinking about where's my friend going to be? Has he finished his prayer? Like, make your salam when you finish your prayer. Just sit for a second. Just say astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah. Then get up and go if you have to. But don't, you know, be a bit slowly. It's better for you. Take it slowly. What else could help you? Knowing what you're saying in the prayer. How many people they just pray just Arabic words? Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. How many people know what that means? Not many. I think some of you I know do. But not many of you know what it means. And that doesn't help you to concentrate. Would you say that's true? If you don't really know what you're saying, it's a bit hard to concentrate. Yeah? Remember you're standing in front of Allah. You're standing in front of Allah to pray. If you were standing in front of the king of a country, would you be like looking around and play, going from foot to foot and running up and down? You wouldn't. But Allah is much greater than any king. So you have to remember who you're standing in front of. Also, when you come to the masjid, remember the masjid is not for running around. We still let, we, we enjoy you to play, we love you to play in the masjid, to be honest. I love to see the kids play in the masjid. Because if our kids are not playing in the masjid, they're going to be playing on the street corners and they're going to be playing in places they shouldn't be. We love to see you in the masjid. But remember, the masjid is a place you have to give it respect, right? It's the most place that Allah loves in the whole world. Allah doesn't love any place in the whole world more than He loves the masjid. All the masjid. The masajid. All of the place, the masajid, yeah? So Allah loves them more than any place in the world. So you have to give it respect when you come in. Try to slow yourself down, relax a bit. Maybe if, you know, if their kids are playing it, you can play with them. But when the prayer time comes, it's not playtime. And that will help to just get your brain free of things. Do you think shaitan sometimes comes to you and whispers in the prayer? He does. The Prophet mentioned one of the very strong shaitan. Shaitan usually is not very strong. One of the very, very strong shayateen. They come and they whisper to you in the prayer. They tell you, you forgot to do this. You forgot. Listen, listen, it's important. Oh, look at that over there. That, and they confuse you. Oh, I think you left the car on. Oh, you left the keys Oh, the house is like this. Oh, what am I going to do afterwards? I've got to remember, I need to uh, email this person. Oh, I've got to phone this person. Oh, I've got to use... I know what I was going to oh, My friend is going to be waiting for... And your mind just goes from the prayer. It's gone. So you have to fight against that shaitan. Bring it back every time. Keep concentrating. Okay, good. So we spoke about our eyes. We spoke about your heart. My point was, if you want your eyes to be still, your heart has to be still. If your heart's not still... Your eyes will never be still. What I mean is, if your heart is, if your mind is full of things, girls, can you look over here? If your mind is full of things, full of things, you won't be able to keep your head and your arms and your shoulders still if your mind is full of things. Your, first of all, your heart has to be still. And if your heart is still, 
and your mind is empty, then you'll be able to be still. Do you know how still the Sahaba used to be? Wallah, it's narrated from some of them that they were so still that a bird would fly and would land on them because it thought they were a statue. Will a bird ever, you guys don't, can't stay still for three seconds, that a bird will land on your head and think you're a statue? Ah, you guys, no way. They used to stand, and I can't do it either, used to stand so still that perhaps a bird would land on them because he thought they were a statue. Completely still. Some of the scholars used to say, if you move three times, you have to pray again. Yeah, if we did that, there'd be a lot of people praying again, I tell you that. There'd be a lot of people don't finish their five prayers in the day if we had to pray every time you make three movements. So it's not true, but it's still, and it shows you how important it is. Girls, it shows you, you turn around a bit. <laughs> Go on, good girl. You have to, uh, so it shows you how still people used to be in the salah. Okay, now I'm in position. I'm standing. My eyes are looking down, my hands are in the right place, and I'm ready to start. What's the first thing that I start my prayer with? Now, I said the first thing. I didn't say the first obligatory thing. I said the first thing. What do I start my prayer with? What's the first words? First of all, when I say words in the prayer, what do I mean by saying words? What do you think, Rahman? I need a mukabbir salt. Okay, the surahs, okay. But what do I mean by saying words? What do you have to what does it mean to say a word? So your tongue and your mouth has to move, okay? So it is not saying a word to do this. I've said Fatiha. No, you didn't say Fatiha. Your tongue has to move and your mouth has to move. Okay? No, not like that. Because we're going to come to the things that break your prayer. One of the things that breaks your prayer is eating and drinking. So if you are sat chewing something, that's not, that's not good enough. And you're also going to get time out in a minute. So... You have to move your mouth, okay? You have to move your lips. You have to move your mouth. Is that, does that make sense to everybody? Okay. Generally in the prayer, when we're not reading aloud, how loud should we say the words? Should it be like, Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika tabarak ismuk? Huh? <laughs> loud enough so that you can hear but the person next to you doesn't get disturbed. Okay? Now, I don't know if I can do that. I probably can because I've got this little, little microphone. I can hear myself there. You guys can't hear me. But if I use this masjid microphone. If even when I make the microphone a bit far away. You can't hear, right? So it wouldn't disturb the person next to me But it, it, the word is coming out It's not like <laughs> There's nothing coming out, yeah? 
So you have to actually say something, okay? What's the first thing you say? Go on, Sima. Very good, but before Bismillah, Bismillah is the first thing you have to say, you're right. But before that, there's something you can say if you know it, if you know it. Now, when I say if you know it, I just want you to stop a second. It's very important. In the prayer, if you don't know how to pray yet, if, this is, if you're learning how to pray and you're watching this video, don't learn the things that are optional until last. Does that make sense? When you're learning to pray, learn the optional things last. Learn the things you have to do first. But we're going to cover all of them, but this part I'm going to tell you about now is optional. So if you don't know it, you need to first make sure you know all the parts you have to know, then come back and do the optional ones. So this is the optional one. What's it called? What do you call it when you... What's it called? What's this called? Dua. Okay, dua al-istiftah. It means the dua of starting. The dua of opening the prayer, beginning the prayer. Okay? There are, li there are lots of different ones. Does anyone know any dua for starting the prayer? They're all optional, by the way. You don't have to do them, okay? So I don't want you guys to learn them if you learn them later. But does anyone know? Okay, very good. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. I'm going to say it very slowly. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. That's one. Does anyone know any others? Okay. I'm going to give you homework. I want you to see for those who know it already, if you know, who knows subhanakallahum wa bihamdik? Okay, those of you who know it, your homework is to go and learn a different one. Okay, you have to find a proper authentic one. I think, I think on duas.com you can find it, duas.com. On howtopray.com I think you can find it as well. Those were two websites I knew about. Duas.com will have it. Another one, okay? If you don't know this one, then it will be good to learn this one. If you've learned Fatiha and you know the Tashah, you know the whole prayer, but you don't know this, then learn Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik wa tabarak asmuk wa ta'ala jadduk wa la ilaha ghayruk. That's optional. Now what do we do? Yes, Anas. Before the Bismillah, there's something else that usually people do. Before Bismillah. Yeah, it's optional, but it's, it's better to do it. وَإِذَا قَرَأْتَ الْقُرْآنَ فَاسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ it's better that you should say A'udhu Billahi min ash-shaytanir rajim Does everyone know how to say that? A'udhu Billahi 
Okay. And then we start Surah Al-Fatiha. What does Surah Al-Fatiha start with? Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Generally, usually, forgive me, Shafi'i people, we usually say Bismillahirrahmanirrahim quietly. If you say aloud, it's not forbidden to say aloud. But we usually, I personally believe the Sunnah is to say quietly. Okay? Which means that quietly so far we've said, and I'll use this microphone. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik wa tabarak asmuk wa ta'ala jadduk wa la ilaha ghayruk. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Now you're going to recite the rest of Surah Al-Fatiha. Who can recite? How are you going? I'll, I'll let you. See, huh? So I can hear. Yeah. No, no, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, quietly. Too quiet. Louder. Very good, very nice. How many of you know Surah Al-Fatiha really well? It's okay, if you don't, you don't have to put your hand up and say it's okay. It's not, it's not a competition. Everyone's going to learn it, right? You're gonna, everyone's going to learn it. Not everyone knows it. In my class, I've seen, I can honestly say in my class, I know some of the kids who are reading Quran to me, they don't know Surah Al-Fatiha properly. So, Let's go through Surah Al-Fatiha line by line and you can watch this video again and you can learn, learn it, okay? So the first thing we said is Bismillahirrahmanirrahim and that's quietly, okay? Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Okay? Everyone know that? Okay. Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim Maliki Yawmiddin Iyaka Na'budu wa Iyaka Nasta'een Ihdina Al-Sirat Al-Mustaqeem Sirat al-lazina an'amta alayhim Ghayri al-maghdubi alayhim Waladdallin And what do we say afterwards? Amin Okay If we read in Surah Al-Fatiha quietly It's the same Surah but we read it quietly so I'm going to do it with the big mic so you can hear me. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim Maliki Yawmiddin 
إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين إهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين yeah. If you're praying behind the imam and the imam is reading quietly, you have to read it. You can't just stand. A lot of children we see standing, the imam is reading. And the kids are just standing. No, you have to read yourself, okay? So you have to read. Alright? If you don't know Surah Al-Fatiha, okay, in my class, your homework is that you have to try and learn Surah Al-Fatiha by next week. Do you think you can do that? How many ayahs is Surah Al-Fatiha? How many ayahs? Seven ayahs. That's one of the names of Surah Al-Fatiha. The seven ayahs you keep on repeating. The seven you keep repeating. Surah Al-Fatiha is seven ayahs. So if you learn one ayah every day, then by next week, you're ready. You finish Surah Al-Fatiha. Okay? So all the ones who didn't put their hand up in the class and all those who are watching at home that haven't memorized Surah Al-Fatiha, I think you can memorize one ayah a day. If you're struggling, no problem, do half. Do one ayah every two days. But we, one week, two weeks, we need to get Surah Al-Fatiha finished. Why? Because Surah Al-Fatiha is a rukun. It's a pillar of the prayer. What does that mean, a pillar of the prayer? What does that word mean, pillar of the prayer? Give me a simple answer, Anas. More than that, what happens when you take a pillar out of a building? The building falls down. And what happens if you take Surah Al-Fatiha out of your prayer? Your prayer falls down. You've got no prayer. But what if you can't do it? What if you can't do it? Do the best you can. There are some people who can't do it. You know, for example, new Muslim doesn't know any Arabic words, struggling. Just do the best you can. If you know some of it, do some of it. If you don't know, say what you know. What you know, how to praise Allah. If you know how to say Alhamdulillah, La ilaha illallah. Whatever you can. But since you guys all know Surah Al-Fatiha, then I would expect all of you to be reading Surah Al-Fatiha. Okay? Alright. Up to Ameen. Alright. After Surah Al-Fatiha, in our first part of the prayer, what are we going to do next? And I have to highlight that this is optional. A lot of people don't know this is optional. They think you have to do it, but you don't have to do it. It's optional. Read whatever is easy from the Quran. I didn't say a surah because Allah said, Read whatever is easy from the Quran. One ayah, two ayahs, three ayahs, a surah, half a surah. But what did the Prophet used to do? He used to read a whole surah. He didn't used to read the parts of the ayat and things like that. But you can read whatever is easy for you. Okay, whatever is easy for you. So what's an easy surah? Who could tell me a, a surah apart from surah al-Fatiha that's easy? Yes, Rabi'ah. Surah al-Nas, that's even a little bit difficult maybe. What's easier than surah al-Nas? Qul huwallahu ahad. Who can recite? Someone different going to recite Qul Allahu Ahad for me. Now you had your, you recited Fatiha for me. 
We're going to recite it really nicely for me. You put your hand up before. You're not reciting now. Yeah. You put your hand up for Fatiha. Yeah, you read for me. No? Okay. Who else wants to read? Oh, everyone's shy. Shall I read or no? Oh, go on, you read again. Go on. Are we not doing Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim? Okay. Bismillah again quietly. It's good, but you need to remember you're making it on the dal. Qul huwa Allahu ahad. Yeah? Allahu samad. Lam yalid wa lam yulad. Wa lam yakul lahu kufuan ahad. What's another very short surah a lot of people read? Very short. Surah Al-Kawthar. Very short. You said to me, Surah Al Nas is easy, yeah? Rahman. قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النَّاسِ مَالِكِ النَّاسِ إِلَهِ النَّاسِ مِنْ شَرِّ الْوَسْوَاسِ الْخَنَّاسِ الَّذِي يُوَسْوِسُ فِي صُدُورِ النَّاسِ Okay, so there's just examples. And you can read whatever you is easy for you. If you find Surah Al-Baqarah easy, no problem. Alif, Lam, Mim, Dhalika Al-Kitab. No problem. If that's what's easy for you, you read what's easy for you. Okay? From the Quran. What you find easy. Definitely though, what would you say you should definitely how many surahs would you say it's that you should everybody all you kids should at least know even if you're not going to quran class what would you say is reasonable okay i'm going to hear all of you what do you think 12 yeah okay six six what do you think i think around 10 Around 10. I think if you can read from Surah Al-Asr, how many is it? Surah Al-Asr and Al-Humaza and Al-Feel. And that's 12, you're right, that's 12. Yeah, and Quraysh and Ma'oon and Al-Kawthar and Al-Kathirun and Al-Nasr and Al-Masad and Al-Ikhlas and Al-Falaq and Al-Nas. That's, you're right, that's 12. I think if you know 12, even 10. That's, a, that's if you're not going to Quran class. That's, I would say, minimum. Just so you have something to read. How many, by the way, how many raka'at do we read the Quran in every day? The second surah, not surah al-Fatiha. Hmm. So in Fajr 1, 2, 
in Dhuhr to all day, all day. Two times five, right? That's why some of the scholars mentioned ten. Because two times five, that means you can read a different surah in every raka'ah of your prayer. Come on, two times five, not difficult. Fajr, Dhuhr, Asr, ten. means time out because you've been told too many times now you have to be quiet for five minutes no answers okay so we think around about 10 or 12 minimum but realistically every one of you should know at least juz amma and juz amma is how many pages of the quran about 20 and a bit just a little bit over all the juz, a little bit over 20, 21, 22, a little bit over 20 pages of the Quran. Okay? That's what you should realistically know. But if that sounds too much for you, for the little kids, I think at least the parents with the small children, five years old, six years old, at least, at least 10 surahs. How many of you know 10 surahs? How many of you know up to Surah Al-Fil? And you know as far as Alam tara kayfa fa'ala rabbuka bi ashab al-fil. Okay. MashaAllah, a lot of you. A lot of you, MashaAllah. So that's what I think you should be at, right? That's where I think you should be for the young kids. As you get older, nah, we should be at least, at least juz'am. And I believe personally, every single one of you is capable of what? Are memorizing the whole Quran. Do you believe me? Who who doesn't believe me? Be honest. Who doesn't believe me when I say all of you can memorize the whole Quran? Why don't you believe me? How much have you memorized? Four to five Jews. Is it that hard to do a little bit more? No. Who doesn't believe me that you can memorize the whole Quran? You can. You are, mashallah, doing really well. I know your hifthas, you're doing really well. You can do it. Wallah, you can. Every one of you here can do it. What does it need to memorize the whole Quran? What do you need? It doesn't need memory. La wallah, it doesn't need memory. Practice and time and patience. Do you know how many pages there are? The guys at the back. Uh, how many pages in the whole Quran, roughly? 600, roughly. It's a little bit more. 603. But 600 pages in the whole Quran. Okay? I'm not going to say a page a day. I'm going to say, if you did a page every week, Every week you did one page. Roughly, how long do you think it would take? My mouth's right, it's about 12 years, give or take. About 12 years, you finish the Quran. You start now, you're six years old, seven years old, eight years old. By the time you reach even 15, 16, 17, you finish the whole Quran. One page a week. 
Never mind one page a week, no problem. One page a month. You still finish the whole Quran in your lifetime, inshallah. But you have to be patient, you have to be steady, you have to be regular, and you have to give it your time. It doesn't need memory, you don't need to be a genius because it's a gift from Allah. That's my, that's my proof. Wallah, that's my proof. Learning the Quran is a gift from Allah. It doesn't matter about memory, how, much, how clever you are, it's a gift from Allah. If you are, are scared of Allah and you do what Allah tells you and you try your best, Allah will give you to be able to memorize the whole Quran. Not once, ten times. Why I say ten times? All the different ways of reading the Quran, you'll be able to read all of them. Why not? Who says you can't do it? Okay? So we talked about reading the Quran and standing. And next lesson, we're going to talk about the rest of the actions of the prayer. We're going to talk about going into the ruku' bowing down. We're going to talk about coming back up from the ruku'. We're going to talk about sujood, sajda. But we just take it nice and slowly. Did everybody understand what we said so far about the start of the prayer? We covered everything in the standing, right? There's nothing left to do now with standing. The next thing we're going to go into the bowing position, right? Ruku'ah, we're going to go into the bowing position because we finished everything in the standing now. We read Fatiha, we read our second surah. When do you read the second surah? In which time in the prayer do you read it? You read it in the first two. The first two times you read, you read. The first two times that you read, you read uh, the, the second surah. But remember, second surah is still optional. So it's more important that you you know, you work on Surah Al-Fatiha is more important for now. And then slowly add your second surah so that you know, you know more, inshallah. Anyone got questions for me? Well, I wish we had questions on the YouTube, subhanAllah. I have to apologize, but it's YouTube's rules that if you do classes for children, you're not allowed to have the chat open. But I know some of the parents might have their kids messaging from home. Uh, maybe they can ask the questions. Anyone had any questions up to that point? What was your question? You can come back in the class now. Are they not doing the, Like the masjid that is not good That doesn't count The masjid that is not good It doesn't count in what Allah loves So I give an example There was a masjid in the time of the Prophet wasallam That was built for the munafiqeen It was built for the people who hated Islam But they wanted to fool the Muslims So they built a masjid Or masjid al-dirar They wanted to fool the Muslims with it This masjid, do you know what Allah said about it? Don't you ever go and pray in it He said to the Prophet Never go and pray in it The masjid that is built from taqwa On the first day The first day it was built for Allah That's the masjid you should be in That's the masjid you should be standing in Okay So the masjids I'm talking about That Allah loves They're the masjids that were built for Allah and they're doing things the way of the sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Right? Does that make sense now?
It's a very good question. Any other questions, guys? Shall we wrap it up there, inshallah? All right. Please make sure you do come next week. Next week, um, next week is going to be the last kids' class for a little while uh, because I have to go away. But I'm not sure if just for the class here, I might organize a teacher just for you guys so you guys can keep coming. I'm going to see, I'll tell you next week what's going to happen, inshallah. Okay? But next week's class is on, inshallah. All right? Okay? I'll see you guys next week, inshallah. All right. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika shadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayka.